I think it goes back to, again, the point you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And a lot of people get, including myself, get into a situation with everyday life that we try and take it all on board our own shoulders. Hello, and welcome to Sharp Podcast, the podcast from SON Development, where we help you get better at the things you have to do so you can spend more time doing the things you want to do. Now, I've got a really great conversation lined up for you today. Whether you are employed, self-employed, or run a company, we all have one thing in common. We have to deal with money. We have to deal with finances and budgeting. And if you're like me, you might not enjoy doing that. Also, if you're like me, you might not think that it's a particularly sexy subject. But the reality is, if we can get better at this thing we have to do, it really can free up some resource so we can focus on the things we want to do. For example, I bought a new computer to make this episode for you, just by getting a bit better at planning and budgeting. Okay, I didn't just buy the computer to just make this episode for you, but it is one of the things I'm doing with it. So I decided to talk to an expert, and this is a conversation with the wonderful Hayley Jones. Hayley is a chartered accountant, and she describes herself as a not-stereotypical accountant, and in the episode we'll find out why. And this conversation really has got something for everyone. In the first part, we talk about how an accountant, a good accountant, can help you wherever your money is coming from. And along the way, we chatted about making the transition from being employed to working for yourself, a change which I heartily recommend. In the second section, we demystify 10 accounting terms. So we sort out our P&Ls from our net profit and we look at other things that people who aren't accountants might not really understand. Because sometimes, right, it can feel a bit silly, can't it, asking questions about things that we think we should already know. So I ask, so you don't have to. And then finally, in section three, we get Haley's experience and advice on managing time, planning, productivity, and all those other areas that you know we love talking about. It is a chunky chat, so I've divided it into three sections. So if you want to, you can listen to it one section at a time, or the whole lot in one go. Don't let me tell you what to do. Anyway, that's enough preamble from me. Let's join Haley and I in the studio on a hot June afternoon. Let's go. Haley Jones from, what's the company name? HB Associates. HB Associates. Chartered Accountants. Chartered Accountants is joining us here today. It's very exciting. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. So, you are not a stereotypical accountant. Why do you say that? Tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do. Yeah, so I've been doing accountancy for coming up 10 years. Um, just when I started out in accountancy, I'd gone to university. I'd done all kind of, you know, that educational stuff. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. My degree was in business and finance. And weirdly, I was sat on a beach in Fuerteventura and I think I was trying to come out of the awful graduate scheme I was on, trying to get another job. And I kind of just sat on that beach and went, I want to be an accountant. But one of the key things that always stood out throughout my training was my director would always say to me, you're not a standard stereotypical accountant. And I took that quite a bit like disheartening because I was like oh this is the profession I'm trying to go into and you don't think I'm this I fit what and then it kind of as my career developed I passed all the exams and things like that I began to realize it was actually my strength because I wasn't standard stereotypical accountant I could actually be someone that someone could talk to um and that's key in what we do and I think it's a skill that a lot of accountants unfortunately do lack is the people skills to deal with people why else do you say you're not a stereotypical accountant what's what are you a weirdo I wouldn't say a weirdo <laughs> what's not stereotypical <laughs> um, about you I like to get to know people find out what motivates them what makes them tick what their aspirations are you know take a real interest then I know what's going on um, and that makes me sound a little bit nosy um, but generally what you do find is and again I've worked in a lot of bigger practices I know how they work and how they operate and you know I've, I've gained some invaluable experience there but I've also seen what I don't like and one of the things I don't like is 
that a lot of the time they only have conversations with their client once a year. So you're looking at stuff historically. Right. When you look at something historically, you can't even begin to plan and help that person. Tax planning is so important. So the more nosy I am and the more I know what you're going to do in the year, you know, going for mortgages, things like that, the more then you can help that person with their goals for the future. Okay. Um, and yeah, it just, unfortunately, that kind of, the, the personal touch gets lost in bigger right. firms. So be nosy, that's your top be tip nosy. to upcoming Absolutely. accountants starting their career. <laughs> be nosy, I love it, I love it. Um, we met first at... LinkedIn Local, wasn't it? Yeah. Portsmouth. And it was my first one. Have you been to them It was before? my first one. Right, okay. And I remember walking in, there was like 100 people and just like, <laughs> oh, wow, this is, a, this is a lot bigger than I expect. It's intimidating, isn't it? So it intimidating. Because I kind of think, you know, you walk and you think, how are you meant to be in these networking things? And what am I supposed to be projecting and giving off? And then I realise, actually, forget all that. It's just about meeting people and meeting groovy people like you. Yeah. And by the way, I just want to give a shout out to some of the people that put these events together, not just because we got to hook up, but actually I've, I've now made connections as a result of the LinkedIn local Portsmouth and then the Portsmouth Business Exchange that um, I've been to a couple of. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Penny, Bill, uh, Susie, um, Cheryl, uh, Sarah and Terence. So why did Terence post today that you should talk about Scooby-Doo? <laughs> Um, so I went to a networking event and uh, Terence is an employee of one of my clients right. and um, I just me being standard me I've always liked to be quite presentable and I've always loved my fashion and I turned up in a lilac suit um, and I thought nothing of that that's just a really nice suit and I was quite happy that day that I got to wear a, a suit to be fair and because I'm a redhead um, he instantly associated me with Daphne from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> so I'm not known as Haley anymore by them. I'm known as Daphne. So any kind of thing I post, there's always a kind of referral to something about Scooby-Doo. Oh, wow. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, we might talk about that in a minute. And by the way, can I say, uh, Haley is true to her word. She is sat here in a well-smart white top. <laughs> and pink trousers. I've got my Metallica t-shirt on and a pair of scabby old shorts because this is an audio medium. You you don't see what we're doing and uh, Hayley is still very presentable so uh, I feel a This is bit... probably as casual as I go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is it about accountancy that you love? Why do you do it? I don't know. I always just had a bit of a fascination with business. I always found it really interesting how people take an idea and just run with it. One of my favourite kind of success stories, and people always laugh at me for this one, is Simon Cow. He's absolutely, I, I read his autobiography and I think, wow, he's actually brilliant because at the age of 40, he was on the verge of being declared bankrupt, absolutely was never taken seriously in his industry, was laughed at. And now he owns like a third of ITV. And it just goes to show that at whatever age, on any journey, if you're positive about what you want to do and don't worry, you can go and achieve it. So I love the people that you meet that are starting that journey and then going, this is where I want to be in five years. What can we do to That's do That's interesting. It? I, I never would have thought of that because I, again, perception, accounting is a job to be done at a certain time of year and you get your tax return or whatever and then that's it but you're talking about being kind of one of the pillars of their business helping them grow their business yeah I always talk and say that you're the heart of someone's life wow. and that's a really um funny concept it does sound a bit of a reach for an yeah, accountant that, it does uh, but, justify that but you definitely are because I've had clients would ring me up and I'm almost an agony aunt to what's going on in their life yeah. So it could be um, marital breakdown. I've had a husband ring me and a wife ring me and I'm stuck in the middle because oh they own a company together. Right. Oh, yeah, or, okay. um, you know, I've had the instances where a client's got an IVA and, you know, how do I, you know, do this bankruptcy and get forward? I want to go and get mortgages, things like that. Right. We've got a child on the way. We've got this. So you actually go on a, a life journey with a client because if you are following it through from when they start up that business, they've got motivations behind that. You know, I want to provide for my family. I want to provide for my retirement. You know, I want to have this much money. How do I get it to that kind of point? Mm. So, yeah, you really go on a journey with them. Wow. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not just the boring number crunchers. No, you're not. You're definitely not. 
Now, our listeners probably range from, um, we have people who, who are employed, people who are self-employed, people that run big organisations. You made the transition from being employed to being self-employed and having your own business um, without necessarily telling us where the skeletons are buried. Um, if you could just maybe share with us, uh, and for those listeners maybe who are thinking about moving from being employed to self-employed, what did you learn in that journey? What, what, what would you tell people is uh, your advice? Yeah. Um, I mean, the first foremost thing is it's a really scary thing to do. Um, when you've been on a good salary, you're, you know at the end of every single month you're going to get X amount of pounds into your bank account every single month. You know that provides for your family, it provides for you know your whole life. When you go into self-employment or you start up on your own company or whatever, you kind of remove that safety blanket um and that's a really scary concept and one that it took a while for me to get my head around myself um because it's all on you now there's no one you know to go and say well you've not paid my wages or what's going on it's on you it's on to you to going out and get those clients it's to you to you know just do everything in your business um and that's a real game changer because you're not just what you do in your day job. So I'm not just an accountant. I, I run a business. I look at the marketing. I look at the HR. I look at the due diligence, the money laundering. You know, I, I do the whole lot. Um, and that's a real culture change. So you're not you're not a nine to five, you know, to come in, take your paycheck and off you go again. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's all fantastic. It's, it's hard work. Mm. Um, and it's, it is scary. But it's the best decision I've ever made because... At the same time, when you have something that scares you, you also build something great out of that because fear is a really good motivator okay. in that sense. And I am happier than I've ever been. And I actually kind of enjoy more what I'm doing. And because it's me in the driving seat, I have that control. I can take it in the direction I want it to. I'm not dictated to by someone. Um, and that's a good power in itself. I did an episode... Um... Uh, previously I've done a couple of episodes with people who are who are self-employed and one of the things that I think is really important and our listeners can get tips about this in some of our older episodes is about having a structure to your working day and having a plan and having boundaries and an end and all that kind of stuff because when you're self-employed you potentially could be working 24-7 you, you know there's enough work there to do if you want to fill it up so um okay i've hope we've done a good job of talking people into moving away from employment leave your job <laughs> leave your job and become self-employed um but think about it first <laughs> yeah but think about it first yeah. and get a good accountant why is having a good accountant important what 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 does what can accountants do for for me as either a self-employed person or someone who runs a business um that would make me better off than trying to do it all myself? One of the key things is we know what you need to be doing. So when you go out into business, your key activity is what you do for a business. That's why you've gone out to set up your company is because you love what you do. You're not necessarily thinking of the compliance, you know, the tax consequences or the actual physical keeping your records behind the scenes um because when you do start a business up as you know it's crazy you you're on a crazy journey trying to you know find your way through it it's very very different um and you don't know what you don't know is a really key thing here and accountants are trained in that areas to be able to offer you the tax advice that you may need and accountancy doesn't have to be expensive. If you have got the right person on board and the, you know, the right accountant for you, it should all just flow nicely. And is it true that really it should pay for itself? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, it's second second to none knowledge, you know, for you to go on that journey with that client. You're looking at you want to grow in this. You need to be able to rely on the figures you've got. Mm. Now, I've met many people that go, oh, I, I do it myself. And that's great. Mm. But nine times out of 10, you wouldn't have thought of things that an accountant would know to make mm. adjustments for. Mm. And therefore, you're basing your future decisions on information that isn't correct. Um, for limited companies, a lot of the time directors take dividends when they shouldn't be because that information isn't correct. Okay. The sole trader may 
be claiming expenses that they're not entitled to and therefore it's not correct. Or claiming or not claiming expenses. They or are not claiming yeah, or yeah. not claiming. Yeah. You know, people can be too prudent and then, you know, they've missed out on a real big opportunity yeah. um, and could have saved them thousands in tax. So really on that basis, you should be having those conversations and it should even out really. And by the way, we are not giving you legal advice here. So it's really important that we no. make it clear to people that whatever Haley says, whatever I say, you have to seek your own advice and get your own legal information. Please do not take anything we say as advice about what you should do because people's circumstances are different and Absolutely. all that kind of stuff. So we are talking in general terms this, about yeah, the sort yeah, of things. It's not, yeah, it's not advice. It's just general. Um, okay. Uh, so taxes. <laughs> the horrible word. And, and I guess for many people, the primary reason they employ an accountant, when certainly when people have got um, simple businesses that aren't complicated, they're not limited companies, you know, they're simple, they offer one service, one trade, they have revenue, is about um, being tax efficient and, uh, and, and, you know, reducing the amount of money that they, um, they end, end up having to pay at the end of the year for, for taxes. How else can accounting help a someone with a We'll do a simple business first, so a non-complex business, maybe a um, uh, a trader uh, or a um, I don't know uh, a, a trainer like me. Well, a lot of sole traders um, tend to be quite bad, shall we say, at keeping accounting records. Okay. Um, and one of the things that us accountants can do is really show you a better way to do it. Okay. Everyone hates keeping those records or they forget throughout the year and then their accountant comes along they've got a tax return to do they've left it to the final hour and they produce a box of receipts there is such a better way to be able to do that and there's a lot of value in that as well because cloud accounting has come into its own um, and systems like zero quickbooks sage allow you to be able to have your accounting information in real-time information. So you can log on at any given point and see where you are. And one of the things we can do to help you not end up in that situation of stress towards that, you know, January, everyone hates January, is get you into a system to be able to record all of that. Um, can I just jump in there? So you mentioned the term cloud accounting. Yeah. So again, for the uninitiated, um, Cloud accounting like QuickBooks and Xero, these are online services where you go in, you record your transactions, yeah. um, you record the the the, um, the the expenditure and the revenue and sales, all that kind of stuff. And those systems can help you keep your records more accurately, but they don't take the place of an accountant, do they? No. Just help us understand why you need both. So it's more a way in which to record your information. So um, what I like to do is I like to set up my client onto that system so that they can produce their sales invoices through there. So they've got a way in which they can either print it off if they want, but also a really useful function to email it to their client, which again, time efficiency there. Um, and then what I then look at is the other side of purchases where they can just snap a picture on their phone and push it into the system ready to then be coded and sorted. So that's where your accountant then comes behind the scenes is that they do majority of the time all the coding and making sure things are in the right place it's at that point where we then start to see kind of the level of what you've got going on um, and we can then start making those accounting decisions and advise you the best way possible okay. so in that sort of situation I've had a client who's doing all his sales on there and because I can see it and I'm looking at his data and I'm helping him throughout that process yeah. and that really is the bookkeeping side but because we're doing that as well we can then see that he's actually getting to the point of the VAT threshold yeah. now the significant point there is if he hadn't have had an accountant throughout the year doing that and advising him he would have left that until the end of his tax year yeah, yeah. what would have happened was in that situation he would have gone over the VAT threshold yeah. now when you go over the VAT threshold you get 30 days to register and then charge VAT if he'd have missed that boat, he would then have had to go back to all those sales from that point and deduct 20%, which would have affected his yeah, profits. Yeah. So it's key things like that that we can then pick up and advise. Okay. I have to say that because what you just said was really super useful, 
there is a helicopter has flown over the house, <laughs> which I can hear through my headphones. I don't know whether you can hear it, listener, but it was such important stuff that I didn't want to stop you mid-flow. So I apologise. No, 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 no. I apologise <laughs> if you could uh, if you could hear that helicopter in the background. Um, so I do that. So I so with QuickBooks, I produce my invoices from QuickBooks. I then send that invoice to the client, and what that means is that. At any point, it can show me what I've got outstanding. It can then run sales reports to tell me, based on invoices, how much revenue I'm getting from clients and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and one um, of the key things there is that you can then see the reports behind it. Yeah. So then if you're thinking of making some sort of big capital expenditure and you're not sure if it's the right sort of time, that's when your accountant can give you that advice and say, you know, now is a good time to do it you can get this tax belief on it, do it here, or maybe wait for a couple of months. Like, do you really need it now? Because right. the tax incentive will be better if you wait, say, two months. Okay. Um, I'm not very good at delayed gratification. So to me, the answer is always, do you need it now? Yes. But <laughs> I, again, I may, may need someone like you in my life to say, no, just wait. Don't buy that shiny new computer straight away. Do you really need uh, it? Do you really need it? Um, Tell me about a bit about stress. So one of the things I think you feel quite strongly about is that the is that having a good accountant can reduce your stress. Definitely. How, how can how can that help businesses and business people be less stressful? I think it goes back to again the point you don't know what you don't know, mm -hmm. and a lot of people get, including myself, get into a situation with everyday life that we try and take it all on board our own shoulders, and it comes back to really kind of time versus money as well. Because the more you are spending doing on your finances and stressing out because you don't necessarily know what you're doing, the less time you're spending on your key business activities. Mm. So it comes back to that time widget as well. Mm. What is more valuable to you yeah. um, and your business? Yeah. So getting the right help and support and also chatting with an accountant and saying, this is how I do something now. How could I make that better? Is This is really stressing me out. It's taking me X, Y, Z. Yeah. Us at HB Associates have a real experience within, you know, the right systems and things you can implement. Mm. So, like I said earlier, the QuickBooks, the Sage, you know, the Zero. Mm. That in itself can relieve a lot of stress yeah. if you can then implement system yeah. to then work forward. Yeah. I'm a big fan of little and often. So every day, literally every day, I log into my QuickBooks account and I just update any transactions that have appeared in them because they only happened a day ago, which means I can remember them. So whether it's yeah. a parking ticket, as in you know paying for parking, or whether it's um, a train journey, whether it's an invoice from a service I have or whatever, I can very quickly identify what that is because it happened yesterday. So it's easy to do. And it takes like four minutes a we day. We wish more clients were <laughs> like you. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it makes my life easier because A... I spend less time over each individual thing and B, I then don't have that big sort of, you know, quarterly two days worth of work to do because it's just done a, a little bit each day. And each person is very, very different. Mm. And it's a really good point to note that each business is different. Mm. So whilst doing it every day works for you, it might not necessarily work for someone else. Um, but I think if you're setting a goalpost of you know, reconciling something, whether it be weekly or monthly. I think if you can get in that habit, you're going to save yourself a lot of time because, as you say, life travels at such a fast pace. I probably don't, you know, remember what I had for breakfast, let alone kind of a receipt that I've now got through to try yeah, and work yeah. out a match from two months ago. Yeah, um, and, again, that's always the, the one of the things with accountancy is you're always looking at things backwards, aren't you, because you've got to produce yes. accounts for the last year. So when you're going to a client who's left it to the last minute, can you tell me what this receipt was from, you know, no. 18 months ago? Yeah, exactly that. Right, we're going to change gears now. So we've talked a bit about you and accounting and the benefit of accounting, all that kind of stuff. What I want to do is I'm going to test you and I'm going to hit you with some accounting terms because... We're normal people, Hayley. We don't speak your language. So we want to understand a little bit about what these terms mean in, in yeah. simple things. So we used a phrase earlier, bookkeeping. What the heck is bookkeeping? What is it? So there's a real difference between bookkeeping and accountants. Okay. And you do find that people may go towards a bookkeeper because it's cheaper rather than an accountant. Okay. But bookkeeping is, in a nutshell, 
your day-to-day processing. So it's your sales invoices, it's your purchases, it's your bank reconciliation. It's getting all that to kind of agree on a system or if you do it still paper, on paper. Okay. Nine. You just said bank reconciliation. What's that? What's that? So that is looking at the transactions coming through on your bank account and matching it against those sales invoices, purchase invoices. So it's having that kind of correlation between the two. If your bank agrees to your physical statement, you're doing well. If it doesn't, you're missing something. So you're saying that we have to check our bank statements? You should be. My goodness me, flipping heck. Let's really go real down to brass tacks. Sole trader, self-employed, limited company, fat registered. What do these things mean? (laughs) So a sole trader, um, self-employed person is just that one person by themselves. So they are the company. Okay. So from a legal perspective, it's just them. Yep. The limited company is where you get that additional level of protection. So the company and the director, so the individual maybe behind it or a board of directors, are separate. Okay. So in the eyes of the law, it's two separate entities. Okay. And so, just hold the line there. Limited, incorporated, that's the same thing, isn't it? When you incorporate, you are limited. Okay, fine. VAT registration? VAT registration, yes. <laughs> so we have one of the highest VAT thresholds in Europe. Okay, how much is it? 85,000. Okay. So that is calculated on a 12-month rolling basis. When you go over that 85,000, you have 30 days to register for VAT and then charge your VAT accordingly. That is the same rule if you are a sole trader or if you are a limited company. So it makes no difference into what structure you have. Okay. So why would someone want to be VAT registered if they're not doing that level of turnover. Do people do that? Yeah, people do do a voluntary registration. Could be for a couple of reasons. One, commercially makes sense. They're trying to go for contracts and that person they're going for a contract or we normally deal with that registered businesses. Okay. Makes sense. You become that registered, you can then charge, you you, you get that contract, you charge the VAT, they reclaim it there and happy days. A lot of the time, again, people want to appear, you know, bigger in business and that they have been established for a while and that registration kind of gives that perception. There are other times when actually it's better for you to be a VAT registered business because you could be in a refund situation every month. So there are certain services products that potentially are zero rated and therefore you would, you know, be reclaiming from HMRC so that helps with cash flow. Okay, cool. Seven. Sales invoices. Yeah. And what's the other type of invoice you talked about? Purchase invoice. What's a purchase invoice? So purchase invoice is when you buy anything from a supplier. Okay. So if you're a builder and you go to your local, I don't know, Covers as a supplier, they'll produce you a purchase invoice and it'll be a list of what you've brought. Okay. That is your purchase invoice. Okay. And a sales invoice is where you've provided a service. And invoiced your client, customer. Yeah. Six. Profit and loss. Or sometimes it's called an income statement, isn't it? What's what's that? Um, that's looking at the relationship between the sales you've made against all your expenditure. Okay. So you have two things: you have a gross profit and a net profit. Yeah. But you're in theory just looking at that relationship between the two to work out if you're profitable or not. Okay. Five. Gross profit and net profit. So gross profit looks at the relationship between your sales and then the raw materials or labour that are used to generate that product. Okay. So for example, if you are making, I don't know, um, a yoghurt, for example. I'm just a bit worried. Hayley looked around the room for inspiration. I just couldn't see If you are making, and she looked, and then she came out with yoghurt. There was no yoghurt in the room. No, there wasn't, but Sorry. that was the best I could come up go with. On, um, I feel very on the spot now. <laughs> uh, but basically, the, you know, the yoghurt is your sale, so yep. you've got a profit in there that you're passing that on to your customer. Okay. All the raw materials to make that yoghurt, right. so the fruit, the yep. milk and everything, would go be an expense against that. The difference between the two would then be your gross profit. Okay, cool. And then net profit. So then you take that profit and then every other expense that you would deduct off of that. So admin expenses, accountancy fees, printing, stationery, anything else, then brings you down to that final net profit. Right, okay. 
So again, really important to know if then you're going to end up in a profit situation. Okay. Uh, depreciation. What's depreciation? So it's a bit of a um, artificial figure, um, but depreciation looks at an asset's useful life. So, for example, you buy a computer. Average computer nowadays probably doesn't last much past three years. Mm -hmm. So what we then do would look at the cost of that computer and spread it over those three years. Three. Director's loan account. Someone was talking to me about this the other day, actually. What's a Effects limited loan? companies, so okay. not sole trades. So this is where they've either introduced money into the company okay. and are owed it back. Or potentially, if you're in the naughty seat, then it's the other way around and that actually you owe the company. And there are a lot more complications on that. So that might be where, for example, someone's brought in some of their own personal capital to Start set up the, the company, company up. Or exactly. maybe purchase something because there's not enough funds in the organisation yeah. at the time. Um, and if, so effectively, they can draw that money back out again later, is that...? They can do, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, remember listeners, not legal advice here. Just, <laughs> but again, there are, very, there, there are rules on that. Yeah. And um, again, if you end up owing the company, there are even stronger rules. Okay. Two. What is a chartered accountant? So a chartered accountant is like myself, yeah. so they are ACA qualified. Okay, what does that mean? So it means we've gone through quite extensive exams. Um, the exams, you have about 15 exams to sit, they're obviously not for everyone, right. and it takes about three years. The equivalent to a chartered accountant is a certified accountant and they'll be ACCA qualified. Okay. Now the two qualifications are pretty much on par, although again there's a little bit of snobbery in the industry about which one's better and that goes back years on how the exams used to be taken. But actually they are the same. If okay. you've got a certified accountant and a chartered accountant, they're of the same level. Okay. Um, you then have what is called AAT, which is another body in the UK, and that's more at a lower level in relation to kind of bookkeeping. And you find a lot of people then don't want to take it onto that chartership or certification. Um, Are there people out there who call themselves accountants who aren't certified? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. Um, so this is where our industry needs massive change. Um, and it will come, I believe, down the years. Um, but yes, unfortunately, you can get people out there that say they're an accountant, possibly won't have any sort of qualification next to their name, but they'll still call themselves an accountant and they will not be at the right level. So listeners, watch out, be careful. One. Management accounts and year-end accounts, what's the difference? So year-end accounts, if you're a limited company and some sole traders partnerships will do accounts as well mm -hmm. it's just basically looking at your financial year um, and reporting those figures so limited companies their financial year end will be different for each company depending when they incorporated a sole trader or partnership should now in this current tax year be moving on to either a 31st of March year-end or a 5th of April year-end. Now that's changed recently, hasn't yes, it? Yes, this tax year. Tell us about that. So it's called a period basis reform and it's the government's way to then get us all moving on to a more electronic system with making tax digital coming in. But if you're a sole trader and you prepare accounts to say the 31st of August, you will in the tax year 23-24 have to transition that to either the year end 31st of March or the 5th of April okay and then you'll then go forward that will be your new year end right. okay so management accounts are then a good reporting tool so they're almost mini accounts and they can be done monthly or quarterly and that could be for a sole trader or a limited company and that's just looking at how you want to look at information so like I said earlier when you prefer prepare a year-end accounts you're always looking back historically so it's really difficult for you to make those future growth plans but when you do management accounts throughout the year you almost get mini accounts so you know that information is solid and you know up to date so you can then make those decisions and you find a lot of um, limited companies in particular like that reporting more frequently so that they then can then go on and make those growth okay. decisions. Zero.
think it's just really a good point on the back of that just yeah. to say is that all of our accounting kind of world, if you like, is very much dependable on the government. Okay. So if the government changes, mm. um, someone new comes in, new ideas, yeah. that Finance Act gets amended, right. changed, what have you, and then we are dealing with new stuff. Okay. <laughs> so it's constantly changing. Yeah, which actually, again, is another opportune moment for me to remind listeners that whenever you're listening to this, even if you're listening to this today and it's been released today, um, the information we're talking about is for entertainment and education it is not advice we are not giving legal advice we're not telling you what you should do please do not act on anything you hear in this podcast or certainly at least you know get your own get an accountant get a good accountant like Haley. um <laughs> the second thing is that a lot of what we talk about may be out of date if you listen to this podcast six months down the line or a year down the line a lot of what we talked about might be out of date as well definitely so, um, as we've got a general election coming up yes things absolutely. most certainly yeah, yeah, could yeah. be subject to change yeah okay Let's move on to the top tip section. So in terms of people, you know, keeping good records and making life easier for themselves and their accountants, what are your tips? What are your what are your top tips for people around just doing that stuff well? First and foremost, always understand your deadline. Know what you're working up against and what time you've got to prepare that. When you're sole trade, that you know, becomes the 31st of January. That will be subject to change when making tax digital hits in a couple of years. But for limited companies, you do have so many different deadlines, especially if you're back registered, you've got to do them quarterly, you're doing payroll, um, just generally the company. So you've got a lot going on just in your finance, let alone your general activity. So just know those deadlines, know okay. what you're working towards. Cool. Who can give you that information? Us as accountants <laughs> or... You know, it's quite available on um, Companies House um, and just generally government website can point you in the right direction. Is one of your top tips only talk to your accountant once a year or is Absolutely it something different? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, we need to move away from the stigma, I think. It's just communication is key. And the more we know as accountants, we can help you the better. Um, and I encourage it with my clients. I encourage you to speak to me throughout the year. Any significant changes, let me know. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, we touched earlier on the idea of doing less more often rather than doing things like in one big go or at the end of the year or whatever. What's your, what's your advice in that regard? I think, it, again, depends on the individual, but most certainly don't leave everything to the last minute. Tax year, 5th of April passes. You don't have to submit until the 31st of January the next year. Mm -hmm. That's a long time in between. Um, and I encourage my clients that we want kind of your tax return done kind of no later than, you know, a few months after it's passed. Um, same with limited companies. That year-end passes. Yes, you've got nine months to submit your accounts. Let's get it done. Okay. Let's see the position and then you can use that to then build into the future. And what sorts of things can um, can businesses or, or uh, self-employed people or sole traders or whatever, what can they do more often and more regularly that help the accountant do a better job? Keeping up to date with that bank reconciliation that we talked about earlier. The bank is the heart of any business, whether it's incorporated or unincorporated. So if you're doing that bank reconciliation early enough and you notice a discrepancy, you notice something isn't working or there's an error, you can act on it at that point in time. And again, you'll have reliable information going forward. Moving away from specifically accounting, but more to you as a business person, you do a lot of stuff. So I see you, you know, you've got the day job, you've got lots of you're doing networking. I see the things on social media that you're doing. You're obviously, you talked at the start about the challenges of someone who is self-employed or running their own business. How do you manage your time? So um, we've talked about calendars. How do you manage your calendar? I like to put in kind of blocks of time. So almost adding like, I don't know what it's called, if it's called a job or an invitation okay. or things in that. So I block out periods of time on my calendar. Um, and I have two calendars to run aside each other. So my first calendar is more client-based. So it looks at when I've got those client meetings, potentially when I've got free time to then have 
um, to do that then client work. Yep. And then I have another client, um, another calendar to the side, which runs alongside it, but it's more then for like my general reminders, um, my networking events, the courses to keep up to date, you know, things like that. So that then I can really kind of then see and keep keep the two kind of separate and running. Okay. So listeners, you'll know if you listen to our previous episodes, time blocking, blocking off on the calendar is one of our absolute favourites. Um, and I do it myself to blocking off the kind of work you're going to do. Um, you know, you've got to today, for example, we've blocked off three hours of time for podcast recording. Um, and uh, you might be thinking, this episode is only half an hour long. Why is it taking you three hours to record it? That's what happens behind the scenes. <laughs> but um, uh, blocking off the, the kind of work you're doing. So I have an admin Friday morning, for example, where I do, um, you know, I just make sure that everything I've planned to do that week is done and, and all those sorts of things. But it's also subject to change, isn't it? I think it's really good that you have that time block out um, for the things that don't don't generate anything in your business, but it's actually stuff you need to do behind the scenes. Yes. And all, have that breather space as well. Yes. So you're not back to back on those meetings. And it is subject to change. You know, if you then get a client that I really urgently need to speak to you, obviously you'll use that time to do that. Yeah. But it just is giving you then, I think, some guidance of when you can have that kind of time to really Absolutely. drill on the bits Absolutely. that no one really wants to deal yeah, with. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say to you, have you been on our productivity course? But you were actually at the session, weren't you, where I talked about that yes, clear I model saw, and the structure I saw and all your, that kind um, of stuff. Yeah, presentation, I come and saw. But some of those points about... Um, be flexible. So don't mm -hmm. don't paint yourself into a corner by filling the day with with stuff that's back to back. So having space for things to move around. What else? So how else do you manage your time, deal with a variety of what you've got to do? So I have a database to be able to then record all your deadlines, your client information and how things. So that really helps. It's like an it's like an on-screen reminder all the time that this deadline's coming up, this deadline's coming up. Okay. So in non-accountant terms, the equivalent to that in terms of sort of time management or productivity will be having some sort of task manager yes. that says whether it's routine stuff, so certain things have to happen at certain intervals, whether it's change the filter in the hoover or take the cat to the vet or um, uh, do a performance review, you know, whatever those things are. So having a task manager that has those things. At, at I think Outlook as well can also act mm. as a task manager because not everyone wants to pay for a system to be able to do that. Exactly. Um, and actually you can set reminders, deadlines and things throughout Outlook calendar. Well, you, um, can, you can use the Outlook task management piece to do all of that exactly. kind of stuff as well. And if you're on the Microsoft platform, you can use Microsoft To Do, um, which is their task manager, um, or, or the Google. But some sort of task manager has to be that what helps works you. for you. Exactly, yeah. Or a bit of paper and a pen. You know, it doesn't have to be digital. So Yeah. But some sort of task manager that I mean, even though say, I have that robust system, you will find on my computer there'll be a little reminder yeah, on a piece of paper absolutely. next to it or something. Yeah. Something else that we talked about before, if I remember rightly, you said that you have in your system, when you have a meeting with a client, from a compliance perspective, there's certain information you have to transfer into the system. Did I yeah. recall that correctly? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So just tell us a bit about that. So you're going to have a meeting with a client and this is what in conversation you're getting info from them or? yeah i mean generally i try and make it as informal as possible um and just really get to know them and really what they're about and you know what 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 their business is what their life is you know are you talking pen and paper or do you type yeah in, okay. no pen and paper okay. um i think as well I, I find i find sometimes if you were to do it on a computer you're almost not giving that person the attention mm. You know, you've got a screen, it's kind of quite blocked. Whereas if you've got a piece of paper, you can really just have a general conversation and be like, oh, just let me write that down because I need to remember that for later. And um, it just flows a lot nicer, I think. Okay. And then you then go back and transfer those notes into your system. Into my system. Then I would always follow that through with an email to the client then to say, look, this is what we've discussed today. This is how I think I can help you. Okay. Um, cost involved and, you know, is this... Okay how you want to go forward. And presumably your system has certain prompts for certain kinds of information that it's expecting yeah. you to... So us as accountants, we have to follow money laundering and things like that. So a collection of IDs and just verifying that person that they are who they say they are. So there are systems behind to do that okay. when you onboard a client. Cool. So where I'm heading with this is that, again, for those of our listeners who aren't accountants, 
having a having a structure that says if I go into a meeting or if I um, if I spend some time with someone, if I take any kind of notes, it's as soon as realistically possible, Definitely. transferring those notes from your notebook into some sort of system that helps you think about, okay, what's meaningful in this conversation? What matters? What do I need to act on? What do I need to do something about? And um, I don't know about you, but if I had a pound for every time I've looked at some notes from a meeting I went to three months ago and thinking, what was that? What did I, what did that who mean? said that? Yeah. I can't even read my own writing. I try and do it within anywhere between the same day and 24 hour period. Well, and maybe like me then, you know, if you don't, you're lost. So there's two things there for me. There's the discipline of transferring it quickly. So it's still fresh in your mind then there's having a system in place that helps you transfer the important stuff the things that you know that mean things you're not you're not word for word writing all of the notes onto a word document you're just lifting out what am i acting on what did i what did i say i do for this person what do i need to find out so kind of the actions the things you need to do something with so we've talked about calendars we've talked about reminders we've talked about blocking off time for certain kinds of work you have two Different calendars with two different kinds of things, which is really interesting. I never thought about that. Um, we've talked about note taking and then transferring those notes from your handwritten notes into some sort of system. You've talked about knowing deadlines and the importance of, you know, the the doing things by a certain time, having those routines, having a the equivalent we've talked about having a task manager reminding you of your routine tasks and when things need to be done by. What else do you do to manage your time and to make sure that you're not you know, pulled from pillar to post or all over the place? I do a bit similar to you, really, in a bit of a reflection. Okay. I do kind of an evening reflection and think about what I've done through the day and what I need to kind of address for the next day. So I'm always in the habit of checking my calendar. Again, goes back to that calendar, but I think it is real crucial um, to know what I've got then coming up. And I do like the week reflection as well um, and what needs to be carried forward into the next week maybe you didn't get round to or something else has cropped up um, and again I think with being business owner and having to be active on like social media as well and things like that I always kind of think of kind of a plan forward as to how I might structure that in the next week or what maybe topics I want to talk about and things like that okay so I think for me planning Um, I'm always kind of thinking ahead. Maybe it's the accountant in me. I don't know. But um, I am always thinking and reflecting on what I've done and then going to do. But I think what we've discovered today is that um, there's a lot we can learn from you as an individual, but also other people in your trade that we can then transfer to different kinds of organisation. And I think we've learned a huge amount about the importance of, uh, you know, little and often doing things regularly, um, being planned, being organised. Um, we've gone from talking about you making the transition from being employed to self-employed, the challenges of being a self-employed person and, and what that brings with it and having to be organised about it. Networking, we talked about the joys of networking and, and meeting those fabulous people that we've talked about. I think it's crazy how many like people I've met in this journey today and yeah. how different and interesting they all yeah, are. It's absolutely, just, yeah. And it's exciting to think, who you're then going to meet. Yeah, definitely. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, We've talked about why people should think differently about accounting, um, you know, in terms of it reducing stress, them having more control. Uh, We went through a top 10, I'm sure it was 10, um, uh, uh, (laughs) demystifying accounting terms, which we busted, which hopefully people will will understand. Um, Then we talked a little bit about your top tips and what people can do for themselves in terms of uh, making their lives easier or their life easier for their accountant. We talked about the benefit of having an accountant, the different kinds of accountant. Um, Avoid those non-registered certified ones. If you go onto some of the bodies like ICAEW, they actually have um, a register for people that you can approach in your local area. Um, Always do your due diligence. Fabulous. Um, Then we talked, then we moved away from good accountancy practice to general planning and time management. And we talked about a the the things that you do from an accountant perspective that our listeners can benefit from, like know your deadlines, plan in advance, talk to people, use a calendar, um, and then the idea of taking notes, transferring those notes into into the system. Um, you've talked about post-it notes on your on your 
device. You've talked about blocking time off in the calendar um, for different kinds of thing. You've talked about having a system to transfer notes into actions. For me, it's anything visual. Okay. Um, so I, I'm quite a visual person. If yeah. I see a note, I'm more than likely that will catch my eye and right. remind me. Love it. But it has to be what works for the individual. Love it, love it, love it. Hayley, we have covered so much stuff. This has been absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, before we go, this is the bit where you plug yourself, your business, your social media channels and so on. So tell wow. our listeners who you are, what the organisation is called, where they can get hold of you, where they can find your stuff. Do blatant self <laughs> Um, so my name's Hayley Jones. I am a chartered accountant and have been for 10 years. Uh, if you want to find our website, it's www.hbassociates.co.uk. We're also on Instagram and Facebook as hbassociates underscore accountants. And if you're really interested at not seeing what a you know normal accountant is um then you can follow me on linkedin and again it's Haley jones um bfp aca and you should see the little redhead emoji next to it <laughs> just in case <laughs> or if people just search for Haley jones i just imagine Haley jones is quite a common name that's why i said it <laughs> okay, like yeah, that true. but um well what we'll do is we'll put the links to all of those in the show notes so people yeah. can just click on the link so if you're if you're listening and you want to follow Haley, find out what she does um whether it's on a from a business perspective and accounting perspective or just see what a non-stereotypical accountant looks like um we'll put all those links in the show notes and uh you can find all Haley's good stuff. Thank you so much. And um, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Thanks very much. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. We hope that you enjoyed what you've just listened to. Have a look at the show notes for the episode. And there you'll see the links, resources that we used, and there's reminders there to help you get better at what we talked about. You know, making this podcast is a labour of love. And we genuinely do it for one reason, to help you. And we want to help as many people as we can. But to do that, we need your support. So now this is where you can help us. You can share our episodes on social media. You could send a link to a friend or help them subscribe on their device. And another free way you can support is to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your Podcatcher app. Thanks for your help. It's really appreciated. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.